Welcome to the Teamwork Arts Podcast. Uh, the idea, of course, uh, is um, uh, to try and uh, go behind the scenes to figure out uh, the thoughts behind the actions of the people who make the art. And uh, art is something that's a little synonymous with Anubhav Nath. He's, of course, the director for Ojas Art and uh, the man uh, who provides the spectacular 1AQ venue for a lot of uh, the musical evenings that we all shake our heads to and smile benignly at. So, uh, Anubhav, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Sartre, for that glorious introduction. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's wonderful that um, uh, that you that you support what we do, of course. And uh, the arts uh, in the far, in the in the past few years has become a bit of fraught subject, hasn't it? In more ways than one. When was it not? <laughs> <laughs> and yet you uh, you call it a profession and a passion. Yes, I think to be an art professional is uh, is difficult to say that you know you are an art professional. Mm. It is it is born out of a passion, whatever mm. category it may be in, like be it a practicing visual artist or a musician sure. or all of us who are involved in the arts and producing arts uh, in the sense of producing events, art-related events. Like I run an art gallery, but at some level, I also feel that you know I'm also part of the whole system, sure. and it has to be born out of a passion because just uh, people look at the glamour of it but there's just so much more that goes into it and we as professionals in the category uh, have gone through all of that and realized there's so much like uh, work and uh, what do you call that uh, grit and all those good things but uh, considering that as you said uh, art is the cool thing to talk about is the cool thing to be associated with but uh, people forget that there's a lot of grind that <laughs> that, that exactly. has to be yeah. indulged in so um, uh, how how have you and you've been in it for the long haul right. um, how have you seen uh, the scenario change from when you started first of all of course when did you start and then how have you seen that change when did I so it's been a while since I started I want to say at least uh, oh wow it's been almost 15 years so it's been wow. a really uh, it makes me feel really old also suddenly <laughs> there's a realization of age but fine uh, wine I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> inshallah but uh, what I um, so there's been a tremendous change in the way the arts have been perceived and especially where I'm coming from uh, so I started into the whole visual arts when I was when there was the economic scenario was a little different India was going through that initial phase, that boom and all of sure. that. Uh, and my first few projects in the visual arts were around uh, 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 around a lot of development work actually. It was something different I was trying. We did a three year long engagement with inmates of the Tihar jail, where we did some fantastic art with them. Sure. The idea being reformation and rehabilitation of the inmates. But because of my friends and all in the arts, we landed up getting some artists to visit the jail with us, which resulted in us mounting an exhibition, right. which was pretty, uh, which was like the first of its type back then, sure. where we had works by inmate artists and contemporary artists both in the same space, and that landed up being a, a very successful fundraiser for the Tihar Jail Welfare Fund. Sure, and of course, uh, you know, especially nowadays, uh, anything that's related to art also has become a bit of a statement as well. Uh, be it political, be it social. So uh, the responsibility of art in that way has has taken on a new dimension. Would you agree? 
so art has always had that responsibility and it's mm. always carried that responsibility mm. Mm. Uh, in fact coincidentally today i was talking about some of the works that got made by uh, a lot of our indigenous artists during the whole corona lockdown sure. and how uh, they portray that you know there is a lot of um, anguish and fear and things that you see in the artworks right uh, but at the same time there's also another dimension to it a dimension of hope but that has been the role of the arts they've been a catharsis so to say especially during difficult times sure and one did not uh, address that or realize that or recognize that as much as we did in the last year sure. where we just we each one of us individually felt that it was the arts which kept us afloat and it was the arts which kept us going and sure. uh, you know be it radio podcasts be it uh, programs on tv television on radio reading literature sure. Sure. uh you know all of a sudden i remember i i got so many phone calls from friends about where could they buy art material right you know just right. because there was this innate need to kind of express themselves and they thought it was what better way than painting sure. trying painting sure. things like that and uh, porn yeah that is also art <laughs> that's another art form <laughs> but so, um, talking of porn there's there's also a financial porn that's <laughs> that's a little uh, more associated with art nowadays i mean coming back to that that whole thing about uh, about art as a statement uh, particularly visual art i think there's been a there's been a bit of a skew there as you said on the one hand there's traditional artists who are uh, literally having to fight for every morsel mm -hmm. on the other hand of course in the international markets a raza will sell for millions and a and a bindu will become a uh, financial as well so as it's it's very interesting that you bring this up because it was in the lockdown yeah that we had records being made yes. for high value art absolutely yeah the, the most thing. expensive artwork of uh, the most expensive indian painting to be ever sold happened in this lockdown yes. auction yes. the second most expensive painting to be ever sold also in this auction which i think was the raza wasn't it no uh, it was a gaitonde it was a gaitonde and yeah. what's very interesting is that it was not just the case for indian art but auction records have been made the world over in different genres right from european art to classical right. to contemporary post war art so sure. there have been records made in all genres of art during sure. this lockdown which really perplexes us sure and makes us think as to how it happened but it did happen the the question that also comes into my mind about this is that it also creates a bit of a false sense of uh, uh, of opulence for uh, for a form that might not really you know so the thing is where when we talk about high art we have to uh, understand that high art is uh, a lot of it is to do with investment values sure and so if you talk to you have to talk to investors for that sure. you know like uh, people who can give you expert advice in investments right and all of them just suddenly feel that art is a much safer investment and there is a certain intrinsic value to the arts which other investments don't have sure uh, to give you an example a person may have 10 million dollars pounds etc whatever in their bank account but they cannot display it they cannot show it whereas you could have a painting an artwork of a similar price point sure. and it could be displayed in your house and it becomes a very elegant statement whereas talking about money in the bank is cross unacceptable yeah. but high art of but course it absolutely is a different thing people come in they see it they're impressed and at the same time that investment is growing because they're very there are few people who are going after those kind of works and uh, more or less they seem to be uh, recession proof sure you know they we we've, we've heard about that whole k economy thing coming up right now right 
so they are probably members of the upper Line bar of the cave. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah. There's also um, this aspect of uh, of your work that involves uh, encouragement of uh, of upcoming artists. Right. Uh, considering that, as you said, it's it's high value investment as well. Uh, what is your process of uh, of supporting a new artist? So uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, work in the indigenous arts, right. essentially the tribal and traditional arts of India, like mm-hmm. uh, you know the uh, gond, bheel, varli, these sure. kind of art forms. These are the genres we work in. And uh, the Ojas Art Award, which happens in partnership with the Jaipur Literature Festival mm-hmm. and Teamwork Arts, has been very instrumental in that. Right. Uh, you know, so every year we discover, we go after a new genre, right. and uh, we invite applications. It's a democratic award, and what's uh, what's landed up happening is that we've been able to create very very interesting and rich databases mm-hmm. of artists, mm-hmm. which were really not known. People. Sure. At least in the private space, in like private gallery space, people didn't know who the artists were. But sure. because of the award, we've been able to get all these names and collect all these data points. Sure. And um, in the last five to seven years itself, I want to say there has been a tremendous interest in this category of arts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for any art to become a system, an economic system, uh, or just a holistically viable system, sure. sustainable system. There are different aspects required. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just go over them really briefly and really sure. quickly. Of course, you need artists, you need uh, gallerists, collectors, museums, writers, dealers, auction houses, and uh, the museums or institutions. So you need eight or nine of these people to make any system sustainable. Right. And we saw that happen with Indian art as well, like Indian contemporary mainstream art. In the 2000s, the early 2000s, when all of these aspects got very strong, sure. and that's how there was a big boom in the art market, so to say, which has gone, which continues, sure. you know, and it has taken the masters that we talk about to different price point levels. Sure. Uh, so similarly, now for the for the tribal arts, also we are seeing this happen. There are more galleries that are interested in this. Of course, we've always had the artists, right? But uh, you know, like you need all these others to support the artist. And to then help catapult the him or her into the right direction. Sure. sure. And uh, though it would be incorrect for me to say that like the economic thing is the best way to judge it. No, mm-hmm. not at all. Uh, there's a uh, aesthetic value which cannot be put into uh, monetary terms. Sure. But having said that, with monetary terms, as soon as there's a big uh, monetary term attachment to something, it just becomes. Uh, Precious in a more public kind of way. Sure. You know, it's immediately like, oh, that thing is for yes. so much, for so sure. it's so for valuable. Sure. For sure. You know, unfortunately or fortunately, money is the one language that uh, kind of is an equalizer for everything. For sure. Uh, which is, of course, uh, another thing that I wanted to ask, which is that considering that you are associated with the upcoming talent, uh, what do you, what according to you, is the quality of the talent uh, that there is currently? And more importantly, what do you think is the quality of support for that talent that exactly. exists as well? That's, I'm glad you bring this up because it's the support which is very important. Yes, yes. There's a lot of talent in all kinds of art, right. not just visual arts, everywhere. But mentorship, you know, mentorship is something that we don't talk about very often. Mm-hmm. But uh, mentorship, I think, is the key to success. Sure. And uh, we've seen that, uh, I've seen that at work even in, uh, at the Salam Bala Trust where I'm involved, right. uh, where we work with street and working children essentially. 
and we've had very successful programs in photography for the children where they've been able to not only use photography as a tool for uh, what do you say for uh, rehabilitation that is they become commercially successful mm -hmm. photographers but also they've been able to uh, uh, Establish themselves as a name, right? You know, and have their works as part of curated shows the world sure. over sure. in museums. Like their parts are, their works are in important collections. Uh, similarly, we've seen the same with puppeteering, right? You know, we have uh, Dadi Padamji, of course, who works very closely with our children, right? And he has created some marvelous puppeteers, making ensuring that the tradition continues. And plus, providing them with a way of livelihood, with a means of livelihood. Sure. Sure. And then, similarly, in dance, in contemporary dance, uh, we had the same thing with like Ashta Debu, whom we lost uh, last year. Yeah. And uh, he was very much into working with marginalized communities sure. and helping them discover a new uh, sense of identity for themselves sure. through this whole through the arts. So the the arts, the beauty of the arts is that they are very accepting. Sure. Which, of course, uh, uh, finally. Uh, uh, brings me to this uh, one question that I've, I would certainly like you to answer, which is uh, the fact that there's lots of people uh, who are seduced by the, uh, uh, by the glamour aspect of art with stars in their eyes, they start to uh, uh, practice their art, so to speak. And you've been there, I'm sure you've seen many of these stories, some of them successful, some of them not uh, so much. What advice would you give someone who wants to start in the arts and would, would probably not know where to go? So for a visual artist, I would say that uh, think of also having a fallback plan right. uh, because of two reasons. Number one is that the success rate is very, very, very small. It's almost minuscule. Sure. Uh, you know, it's like for that one artist who gets a successful, who does a successful solo show, there are thousands who have not been able to get there. Sure. So. Uh, and do think of having a real fallback option because, um, you know, it, it is very sexy to think that you're going to be the one out of the 10,000 and more power to you for becoming that one out of 10,000. Sure. But uh, one should not be, uh, one should not put all their eggs in one basket, so sure. to say. So I would say, yeah, think of having an alternate career slash option to fall back on and then go ahead and practice and do whatever it takes to get there. Excellent. Uh, Anwar Nath, uh, uh, deep, deep gratitude for doing what you do for us and uh, for, uh, for the community, uh, for, for the art community in general. But uh, we'll be selfish and say that uh, 1AQ has become a bit of a home for us. Oh, and, uh, absolutely. Uh, those, uh, those wonderful uh, musical notes. That and I, I can't wait for those to be back. Yes. You know, and yes. Hopefully, this has started now. Yes. And it should continue. There should be a continuum. Absolutely. And uh, yes, thank you very much for always being here. And uh, thank you for being uh, such a gracious host and, uh, and such um, a, a, a generous sharer of knowledge. So words of wisdom. Thank you for that. And, uh, and thank, thank you for you being with on, on the Teamwork Arts Podcast. Anubhav Nath, ladies and gentlemen, director uh, of uh, Ojas Art Gary and of course the man behind 1AQ. If you haven't seen the venue in Delhi, uh, I seriously suggest that you do because uh, it'll uh, leave you with that mouth, mouth open and then that little smile that looks so good on you. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> this is the Teamwork Arts Podcast, ladies and gentlemen.